Welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. And with you as always, is Tyler. Tyler, as per usual, we have got a plethora of things to talk about today. Some really exciting news, mostly outside of sports, to be honest with you, but some really fun topics to talk about. We are going to cover our Calipari player tournament bracket. We're starting it today. We're starting it today. It's going to be fantastic, but we are going to talk about a controversy with the Kentucky Derby. Uh, loosening of restrictions from Governor Bashir, which is very interesting. Oh, I know you're excited about that one. I know. It's going to be crazy. Rigging homecoming elections a la Kerry from 1976, <laughs> I believe. And a very embarrassing moment for an Ohio State senator on a Zoom meeting. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. They always tell you that there's more below the surface. You know, you just see the tip. This is that. We just gave them the tip. It is. And, and we even had to add, you know, we had our list and then we had breaking news coming out with the Derby that we, we had to add. So you, you, we, we have even more show than we would normally have. I know. It's like uh, this is a little bonus episode for the yeah. listeners, right? This is going to be a great, this is episode 54 of the Lex Buds and yes. Pick and Roll podcast. I'm calling this one the Ryan Felipe edition. Well, now, do, why? Do you know why? No. Surely he's not 54. No, he, well, he might be. I actually have no idea how old oh, he is. that scared me for a little bit because he was young when I was young. So I was like, oh my God, he's 54. This is kind of freaking me yeah, out. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, don't I don't think he's that old. Tell but me he a, was in the movie 54 about Studio 54. I see. Remember the, the movie with him and Nev Campbell? That and is really impressive. Mike Myers, I think, was in that too, maybe? That's really impressive. That's digging deep for the number 54. Well, you know, you could come up with like a NASCAR driver or a football player. You went Ryan Felipe. No, I could have just called this the Patrick Patterson edition of the show, but no, that's that's why we get paid the big bucks is for our our research. Yeah, and at our core, we are research and development. Yes, of something. I'm no not 100 percent sure what. But Tyler, like I said, we've got a, a lot to cover. Um, why don't you tell me what you did last week, though? What's the last week been like for Tyler? Well, this this was a, a great week because on Tuesday. It was Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite days of the year. We had a little social committee gathering, a little Zoom meeting at work to celebrate May the 4th. Lightsabers or anything? Um, well, you know, uh, we, ha- we had some nice Zoom backgrounds with, with Star Wars and things, so that, that was fun. How appropriate uh, for a topic later on in the show, but go on. <laughs> it is. But it, it got me thinking, you know, because every May the 4th, you see, you see lots of people, you know, make their May the Fourth comments, and everybody's like, "Yay, Star Wars!" And then you kind of have the backlash of the oh, it's a bunch of Star Wars nerds, May the Fourth, and, and you kind of have the everybody making fun of the people who like May the Fourth. Yes. Now, I, I will freely grant you, I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I've been a Star Wars fan since I was a little kid. Fair. I love it. Yeah. But it got me thinking: what are kind of the nerdiest things that I like? And I, I want to pose that question to you as, as well, Brandon. What, what, is, what do you like that other people may consider nerdy? Oh, my goodness. This is a lot of pressure, Tyler. Uh, I, I know. And, and it's... Wow. You know, because every year I kind of think about, like, why, why do I like... I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a movie, you know, there's a talking bear, and there's this mythical force. It, it just seems like, honestly, something that I, I wouldn't like. Because, you know, I, I don't get into Harry Potter... I've never seen Lord of the Rings, like all that. It just seems like it's too nerdy for me, to, to be honest. Yep, I but, understand. But I mean, I can't yeah. imagine any of those are, are more nerdy than Star Wars. Are, but, well, are they? Which, which I love. Wow. Uh, so, so I, I think, and I know a lot of people participate in this, but I think it is extremely nerdy, and that is fantasy football. 
I'm, <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I think fantasy football... Don't you football, participate in fantasy yes, football? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think fantasy football is probably the nerdiest thing that I like. Because you think about it, it's, it's not just that you keep up with all these stats for football players, but we... When you get into fantasy football, you actually think you are the owner of the of these players. True. You 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 get mad at the players when they underperform, like you drafted them yourself. Well, you did <laughs> in your fantasy world. Well, yeah, in a fan, <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a literal fantasy world that we live in, where we have drafted these players to play for us, and we will put them on the bench. Oh my god! We will goodness. get angry at them. We will cut them. We will trade them. It is so nerdy. And the amount of time that I dedicate to fantasy football is, is just ridiculous. I mean, I'm analyzing stats. I'm looking at, you know, are they playing on a turf? Are they playing in a dome? Tyler, is there going to be rain? Is Tyler, there going to be snow? Do Dude, I spend hours a week during the fantasy football season. And, and for, for what, really? Because like, I pay 20 bucks to get into my league. So if I broke that out to how much per hour... That I could possibly, I mean, I'm, you know, like a nickel an hour for the time I put into it if I win. So it, And yet it, you still do it. Yet I still yet do it. Yet we're still here. And Tyler. completely grant you, it is so nerdy, but I love it. You so know, so I asked you, Brett, what, what is something that you love that's nerdy? Tyler, I think probably the nerdiest thing that I do. And to me, this is, the thing I'm nerdy about isn't nerdy. It's just the way that I obsess over it is nerdy. Okay. Is that, is that okay? Yeah, I think that's kind of me as well. And I fantasy. think it's sitting right here on this table. <laughs> Can you take a guess? Um, it's on this table your, right now. Your, your iPad? Nope, it's in full view of everybody on the camera. Oh, the kiss glasses. That's right. <laughs> right. So it's not an obsession over kiss glasses. It's the actual band themselves. Like, I started thinking about it, and my a lot of my philosophy on life has come from the words of Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. <laughs> Your philosophy of life? Yes. Really? Like, I think of lessons I've learned in life, and I always relate it back to a, a, a point in history, or history in this case. See what I did there? <laughs> I see. But, you know, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like that time Paul Stanley did this. It's kind of like that time Gene did this. And nobody on this planet probably thinks that way but me. But I feel like I've learned a lot. I think about, I, I relate everything back to that. That's and it's weird. I watch YouTube clips. I, will, I listen to the same records all the time. I, I don't know what it is. I even listen to their bad songs. <laughs> and they've got some really bad ones. I can attest that you do listen to the bad ones. That's 100% true. Yeah, they have written some of the best and some of the worst songs on the planet. Well, let, let, me, let me ask you this. Yeah, if we've got people listening that maybe aren't KISS fans, so you, you're telling me that people could gain life lessons. So if you had to pick one song that you think somebody listening to that's not a Kiss fan, maybe has never heard a Kiss song, uh-huh. what is the one song they should listen to that is going to change their life? Love Gun. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it says so much with so little. <laughs> I was not expecting that answer. Yeah. Okay. What what are people going to learn from listening to Love Gun? Ah, <laughs> uh, just how you can say so much with so few lyrics. Sorry, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> what, what about your week? What, what's been up with you, man? Well, first of all, Ty, I got to apologize to you. Number one, because when you walked in, my house probably smelled like Mexican food. I just made tacos before we got here, so my breath probably smells like garlic and salsa and tacos and you're sitting three feet away from me well, that's okay let, let the truth it be was told. also cinco de mayo this week so that's allowed 
is this like the Fourth of July where it's Fourth of July week? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, so I did that, and I discovered a new food that I'm absolutely obsessed with. And if it's not on my counter, I get nervous. I just discovered it this week. I, I started eating it, and it's and now it stays on your counter all the time. It's one of those paradox like it's on my counter but it's gone so fast i have to keep replacing it on the counter okay i'm i'm intrigued you have you have my attention yeah sir. so this is a, a, a food that's been around for a long time i know people eat it and that's the halo oranges the little tangerines the little bitty ones yeah have you ever yeah. had them? oh yeah we buy those occasionally oh my god tyler i i sit by my guard like i pull my garbage can out and i just stand there and peel these like a gorilla <laughs> <laughs> and I'll dump them in my mouth. Like I'll, I'll get them and I'll eat half of one at a time. Like, blah, 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 and I'll just wolf them down. And I'll throw the pills in, and then I'll get like four or five more, and then I'll just wolf them down. This is going to be a great show. But <laughs> between you saying you peel oranges like a gorilla and your love gun reference, I can already tell this show is going to be off the rails. Uh, but it's true. It's uh, I mean, I absolutely love them. I had four or five right before you came in the door, Tyler. I did. I was just standing there with my garbage can open, just peeling like a, just eating them away. Okay, that's well, good. I mean, I mean, you asked. You're you're not going to have any shortage of vitamin C anytime soon. That's for sure. Yeah, I won't get the scurvy. <laughs> right? Is that what it is? Yeah, your your test results will come in very good for vitamin C <laughs> next time. Yeah, I think we should move on, Tyler, because this show is derailed, and we were only less than ten yeah, minutes in. It has. Okay. So, so we've got sports. We got news. We got our bracket at the end. Uh, we don't have a ton of sports this week, but we do have something. If you do, you want to start with the breaking news, Tyler? Um, sh- sure. Why not? I mean this this was pretty big. I don't know if you want to talk about it or me, but this I mean this just came through before we started recording, so we're trying to catch up on all the details. There's a pretty big announcement. Yeah. So so last week we gave our analysis of the Kentucky Derby, you know, one, one of the biggest sporting events, not only in our state but in, in the world. Huge ratings, as was evidenced by the ratings yep. for the show, one of the, or for, for the Derby. Yep. But breaking news, Bob Baffert, the trainer of the Kentucky Derby winning horse, what was the Medina Spirit? Funky Cold Medina Spirit? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Medina Spirit. The trainer, Bob Baffert, (laughs) is now banned from Churchill Downs because the Derby winning horse was found with an illegal substance in its body after it was tested after the race. Wow. Just huge news because we just said on this show last week, Bob Baffert solidified himself with that Derby win as the greatest trainer of all time. And my, how things can change quickly. Does this completely tarnish his image? Is he the Barry Bonds of the sports racing world now? Yeah. Is that what it is? I mean, the Mark McGuire. The Mark Mark McGuire. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's gonna, There's still some further analysis that needs to happen, and it'll probably happen within the next few days uh, after this show is up and out for everybody to listen to. So we don't know those results as of right now. What we do know is that uh, the horse tested positive for a substance in its blood that was higher than what it's supposed to be. And coincidentally, it won the Kentucky Derby. If it didn't win the Derby, probably this goes away and nobody talks about it you know what i mean it reminds me of millie vanilli when they won the grammy for best new artist right they were a fraud but they won the grammy and they're mm-hmm. like oh crap now everybody's gonna pay attention to what we're doing and you <laughs> know what a I, little more spotlight it puts on a it. little more spotlight on it and they had to end up giving the grammy back this reminds me of a millie vanilli moment wow who knew bob baffert and would be compared to millie vanilli after winning the derby last week yeah and bob can't blame it on the rain he's got to blame it on the the, uh (laughs) the horse steroids girl you know it's true oh dude i'm telling you 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 are in rare form tonight (laughs) 
My goodness. I don't know if I'm going to make it through the show without laughing. That's all right. I mean, I, I, again, you can trace things back to Millie Vanilli. But I don't know if it tarnishes his image because he's won so many other races or trained so many other horses that have won where this wasn't an issue. So this may be a one-off thing. They weren't picked to win it anyway. And like I said, it may have been one of those where Baffert was like, oh, crap, we won the thing. This sucks. <laughs> you know? Maybe. Yeah, but does it also make people question, okay, what what... What was he doing to cheat during those other races that he won? Well, you got to think they test, though, after those races. Right? I would assume so, but... You would think. I don't know for sure. But, uh, you know, the other thing, Lance Armstrong won 8,400 uh, Tour de France's before mm-hmm. they caught him. So, I mean, that's the other thing, too. <laughs> you know, you would think that that would have been caught at some point. So, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if it tarnishes his image. He is horse racing when it comes to trainers. That's the only guy. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's the poster poster boy for everything. Yeah, so. I, what what I find fascinating as kind of a side story is you think about all the people who won a lot of money because of that horse won. Yeah, and then I mean, the, you know, they still they get to keep their money. Oh, they're, they're keeping they're, it. They're not going to you know they're not going to come take their money back. Like, oops, no, sorry, he didn't really win. We got to take that money mm-hmm. back. People get to keep that money. Which I mean, I just I just can't imagine how those people are feeling right now. Like, holy cow, I just want all this money. I'm sure they're crying. <laughs> yeah. They're sick, crying the way to the bank. Oh God, oh my horse that won. Nah, they'll be fine. But, yeah, but the people who probably are crying are the people who bet on the horse that came in second. Yeah. Which if this if these allegations hold up, will be declared the winner. Yeah. But unfortunately, if you bet on that that horse to win, you will not win any money. Yeah, I don't know. I don't it's know. It just, se- just seems unfair. It does seem unfair, but you know what horses I am willing to bet on, Tyler? What's that? Coach Orlando Antigua. Oh, what a, what a great lead-in. Thank you. Orlando Antigua is back. Welcome home. He brings along Chin Coleman as they will be joining Calipari's staff at UK. Both were assistant coaches at Illinois last year, who, by the way, was a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. They will replace the recently departed Joel Justice and Tony Barbie. Brandon, we've said for a while that Cal needs to shake up the coaching staff. Is this a good enough shakeup for you? Tyler, I think he gave the Big Blue Nation a big O. <laughs> right? Am yes. I correct? Actually, two big O's because we also have Oscar Shibway. Oh, my goodness, that's true. <laughs> this man works magic. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. I mean, let's be real. The recruiting and the team itself has not been the same since he left. Is that fair? I mean, it's just not been the same, in my opinion. Very fair. When he left, Calipari came back and just hired his buddies. You know, he hired Barbie, Bruiser Flint, who is not a recruiter either, and Joel Justice, who hadn't proven anything. He got really complacent and hired people that he liked instead of people that needed to be in the role. Antigua could have been back here before. He didn't have to go to Illinois for Pete's sake. He could have came straight here from his job at South Florida where, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't successful there. So I think Calipari got complacent, and we see where that's gotten us. We're trying to piecemeal a team together here at the last second, and hopefully we're decent for next year. But he's he's dug this hole for himself, and I think he needs somebody that he can trust, like Coach O, who was there in the glory days, to get him back. I think it's a great move. Yeah, you, you mentioned <clears throat> since Antigua left, which I think he left after the 2014 season. Yeah. We've been to one Final Four since Antigua left in seven years, and that was the very next year in 2015. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we had the super team. We have <laughs> yeah. not had that many super teams. Yeah. Since. So, obviously, I mean, is that correlation or causation? I mean, it's hard to say. But, I mean, the facts are the facts. We've had one Final Four since Antigua left. And, 
I'll tell you what makes me, the the reason I know that this was a good hire, not only Antigua, but also Chin Coleman, is how salty the Illinois oh, yeah. fans are about losing those guys. I mean, last week when we lost Joel Justice and Tony Barbie, were were we upset about it? Um, no. No. I mean, most of the time, you, you lose an assistant coach, nobody cares. Yeah. I mean, most people don't even know the names of their assistant coaches. Yeah. I mean, if we had lost Winston Bennett during the tubby years, <laughs> would anybody have been devastated? No. No. But Illinois, I mean, their athletic director was basically got into a bidding war with Mitch Barnhart for these guys. Uh-huh. He, he was offering seven digits to try to keep these guys on Illinois staff. And that, t- that to me, is all I need to know, that we need to have these guys on our coaching staff. I think it's going to improve recruiting. Uh, Coleman, I don't didn't know much about him before, but from what I've read about him, he's very good at working with guards. I think we, yeah. we need... We, we've had very good big men coaches over the years, but... He is known for working with guards. I mean, the, the point guard they had last year won the Koozie Award. So I think their resumes speak for themselves, and I think we are going to see some big changes on the recruiting trail and big changes in the success of the team. Well, we have to have something. <laughs> you know, it won't take much to have more success than we had this past year. So he's coming in at a very low bar. You know, we won nine games last year. Well, if we win 12 or 15, that'll be a marked improvement. But – it's going to come down to getting the elite players. When Coach O was here, we got the elite players, yep. right? I mean, we didn't have to scrap people together at the last second. We were a machine that perpetually had top talent here. And then at some point, it stopped. You know, a lot of people are, are put on their blue tinted glasses, and they say, everything's fine, we'll figure it out. You know, I don't want to wait till June, July to figure it out. We used to know what our team was before the next year started. You know, we had a pretty good feel for it. Now we have no clue. And we're just pulling and hoping that things work out. So, I don't know. I'm happy that they're back, though. Yeah. Well, we are one piece closer to knowing about the roster next year, aren't we? That is correct, Tyler. Former Covington Catholic high school star and former Iowa Hawkeye C.J. Frederick has committed to the University of Kentucky. He is a sharpshooter that shot 46% from the three-point line. That's slightly better than what we're coming from this past year. (laughs) Slightly. Uh, Yeah, of course, he joins uh, some additions from the transfer portal um, and we're starting to build a team here. I'm still not sure what the team will look like, but what were your thoughts when you saw that C.J. Frederick decided to commit to Kentucky? Very exciting. Very exciting. When you when you look at the numbers, which I like to do. You he, are a numbers guy. He shot 47% last year. I think he's averaged like 44, 46 for his career, but 47% from the three-point line yeah. last year. If If you look at in the history of U.K. basketball, the highest three-point percentage for players over the course of a season, that would have put him second in the history of Kentucky basketball as the highest three-point percentage for a season. Wait, wait, wait. Who, well, let me try to guess who's first. Was it Deron Lamb? You are correct. Okay, okay, there we go. And he would only be a tenth of a point behind Deron Lamb. Oh, my goodness. So we're looking at this could be an all-time level three-point shooter that we have not seen in a long time, you know, since Jerron Lamb and before that, you know, we've we've just not had shooters like this in our program. Well, and and you mentioned the Jerron Lamb piece. You know, people have said, well, C.J. Frederick doesn't play defense. From what I recall, Jerron Lamb wasn't our defensive stopper, <laughs> and we still won a national championship with him being the leading scorer in the title game. Yep. So that's bull. But go on, Tyler. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, at at the end of the day, you you got to have guys who can just put the ball in the basket. 
you, you got to have guys that can score. And, and he's not just a three-point shooter. That's going to be his specialty. But, you know, he can, he can put the ball. He can shoot off the bounce. He can get to the rim if he has to. I mean, and if you look at Frederick, Dante Allen, Kellen Grady, yep. those are three elite shooters. And if you get Davion Mintz coming back, I mean, geez. That's, uh, that, what, a, what a difference from last year. Yeah. This, this may be the best three-point shooting team we've ever had in the history of the program. Oh, geez, don't say that, Tyler. <laughs> After coming off what was probably the worst <laughs> three-point shooting team in the history of the program. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited, too. I'm just I'm hesitant until I see it on the court because we've had players, uh, you know, let's just think about this. We've recruited players that were supposed to be three-point marksmen that come to UK, and for some reason they can't shoot when they get to Rupp Arena. Yep. You, have you noticed that? It's it like is the Josh, it's, it's the Josh Carrier syndrome. Mm-hmm. Totally drain them in practice, killing it. Gets into Rupp Arena, couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. You know what I mean? I just feel like, I, I just hope it works. But he's such a good shooter. Even if he's off by a little bit, it's still markedly better than what we had. Yeah, and he, he has three years of eligibility left. I mean, uh, when's the last time we've had a guy who could stay three years come into the program? And this is a guy who's not on NBA radars right now. We could have three years of C.J. Frederick. We need it. Potentially. We need it. Uh, and, and, and lastly, Brandon, would you like to hear my C.J. Frederick joke? No, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be so bad i can't wait what do you call cj frederick in gatlinburg um tyler i don't know what do you call cj frederick in gatlinburg fredericks of dollywood <laughs> like like the store fredericks of hollywood only it's Fre- fredericks of dollywood tyler what do we got next <laughs> Oh jeez, it's worse than I thought. Come on, that was good. Oh god, no. Okay. Ugh, I I uh, don't know. All right. Well, while we're recovering from that horrendous <laughs> joke, uh, it's funny now because it's so. It's one of those things that's so bad now. I gotta laugh at. It. Uh, <laughs> please take a moment to follow us on social media. I know most of you are on Twitter throughout the day, so just take a couple seconds. Type in Lex Buds. Click that follow button. So that you can hear great jokes such as the one that I just told. I'm going to have to edit that joke Throughout out. your day. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to edit that one out if we're trying to get followers. Out. Oh, my bad. No, that's all right, but that's all right. Uh, but yeah, give us a follow Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Don't forget us on there. If you want to see a sneak peek, Brandon, a, a little, a little uh, tidbit here, a little behind the scenes. I've been posting our topics on Instagram the last couple of weeks. I like it. So if you want to get kind of the inside scoop on what we might be talking about, you can follow us on Instagram for that. I'm that. excited. I might, I might follow us on Instagram just to, for that time. You, you should. Yeah. I support that. I, that's good. That's good. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about it. But yeah, definitely. Just type LexBuds in. You'll find us. All right. Let's move into the news segment, Tyler. Ready for some news. We've got some random news. Let me just say this. Totally random news this week. I mean, really weird off-the-wall stories. And some serious news. It is. All We've got local ones. We've got national stories. We've got Florida and Ohio stories. Just some good stuff. Yeah, what we got, Tyler? All right. Uh, Brandon, if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about on this show how the Kentucky Unemployment Office had over 400,000 unread emails from people asking for help with their unemployment. I I assume you remember this. Oh, yeah. Uh, But it seems some people may have gotten a little more help than others. According to to text messages obtained by WDRB, Lieutenant Lieutenant Governor Jacqueline Coleman texted the UI director at least four times 
to ask for help with certain people's unemployment claims. Among those were Miss Coleman's hairdresser, in which the text read, quote, so we obviously need to take care of her, emoji. The lieutenant governor said she has no regrets about helping people she knew get faster help and says she called every single person that reached out to her about unemployment, whether she knew them or not. Brandon, does it upset you that Coleman appears to have gotten her friends and acquaintances with faster help? Let me tell you what. The lieutenant governor should resign. Not, Whoa! Resign? Not, not because she did it, but because she doesn't think there's anything wrong with it. That is a problem with the character of the lieutenant governor. That's the problem. You know that you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Bl- blatantly wrong. This is what's wrong with politics in general. Yet you still don't think it's bad? If you can't rub your two brain cells together to know that this is stupid, then you don't need to be in that high level of a position. It's bad enough if, if, if the lieutenant governor would have came out and said, okay, I apologize, you know, I was trying to help some people, that's fine. But doing something stupid and then saying, well, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's Every, like, everybody always doubles down, don't they? Yeah, but in this case, I I just don't like it. I mean, if you don't if you don't have the moral character to know that you did wrong and that you shouldn't do it, then you need to get the heck out. Okay, but but she did come back and say just just to make a counterpoint here. Okay, she says whether she did or not. I mean, we don't know, but she says that she responded to every single person that reached out to her for help. Okay, so, so give does, out does your phone, that, give that out change your, your opinion? Give out your phone number so everybody can call you instead of calling the unemployment hotline, and let's see how much help she gives. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, you know, that that's the ticking point, is that not everybody has her cell phone number like, like her hairdresser does. That is correct, and that's the whole point. So if you're just willing to talk to everybody and you'll help everybody, instead of giving the unemployment number where people get hung up on, they get busy signals and nobody answers, just give them your cell phone and let's, uh, you know, blow up the text message there and just send a bunch of texts asking for help. Let's see how helpful the lieutenant (laughs) governor really is. That's a problem. This is what's wrong with politics in general. You can't do stuff like this. It stinks to high heaven. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I will I will agree with you. It's a bad look. I, I'm not ready to call for a resignation yet, uh, but it is a bad look. I mean, we, we you've had thousands of people waiting for checks that have never got them, while her hairdresser, her other people that she knew, got, got them immediately within a few days. Um, but, but I think if I'm going to stick up for... Lieutenant Governor Coleman. Change my mind, you, Tyler. You, I, I'm, I'm going to quote Chris Rock, as we often do on this show. Yeah. Remember the, the Chris Rock bit when he's talking about uh, the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal? Yeah. And he and he's talking about, you know, everybody's accusing President Clinton of things that he didn't even know was a crime. Like, that people got mad at President Clinton for getting Monica Lewinsky a job. And he's like... You can't get your friend a job. 80% of the people in this room got their job because their friend gave them a recommendation. That's true. So what's what's wrong with her also helping her friends, helping people she knows get jobs? Everybody, ex- no, as Chris that- Rock said, everybody expects this holy behavior from our... It, 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 ain't, it ain't Pastor Coleman. It ain't Reverend <laughs> Coleman. It ain't Amaja Raja Coleman. It's just Lieutenant Governor Coleman. Oh, jeez. Uh, that's true, but you're dealing with an unemployment situation where you have people that are that have no money. That's the difference. You're dealing with people that are on, you know, they're having a hard time in life in general. So you're putting them aside. They're in a vulnerable position. You're you're ta- you're you're using your position to take advantage of the situation, 
and you're hurting people that are already hurting bad enough. Give out your phone number if you want to help everybody, Lieutenant Governor. I can't wait to hear from you. I guarantee it'll never happen, and you shouldn't pull that crap again. And that's how I feel. All right. Okay, what's next? Tyler, foot loose. Foot loose. Put on your Sunday shoes. Because Governor Bashir has announced that he is loosening. See what I did there? Foot loose. Loosening mm-hmm. restrictions. Starting May 28th, outdoor events and gatherings with fewer than 1,000 people can be held at 75% according to Bashir on his Thursday COVID-19 briefing. So uh, indoor out, uh, indoor and outdoor events with more than 1,000 people will be limited to 60%. So we are starting to loosen up a little bit because a lot of indoor uh, activities were capped at 25 30%, and now we're moving up to 60 Tyler. We're getting yeah. better. Um, what were your thoughts on Bashir's announcement, and how does it impact you? Uh, what, what's, what's interesting about this story, th- this story changed quickly. Because just a few days ago, Bashir doubled down on his 2.5 million quota. You know, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday, he came back out and was like, no, we're, we're not opening things up until we get 2.5 million people vaccinated. And then literally just a couple of days later, we get the news that, nope, we're shooting for May 28th. And there's no way we're getting 2.5 million. So, so he seems to have backed down from that requirement because I think he finally realized there ain't no way we're getting to that number. It's just, it's not going to happen. I mean, people have made up their minds by now, whether they're going to get this or not. If they haven't gotten it by now, they're probably not going to. So, uh, I, you know, it, it kind of makes him look a little foolish, I think, for putting that number out there. But that being said, I, I stand by Governor Bashir. I think he's done a fantastic job. I think this is probably the right call to you know set a date as to when things will start open i'm thankful i'm glad things are starting to open back up and that he's you know kind of realized that okay we've we've just got to do it i mean i know he in his mind he wants the state to be as safe as possible and he thought getting two and a half million people vaccinated was the best way to do that but it's like i said it's just not going to happen so at some point We've got to open things back up, so I, I like the decision, actually, by the governor here. Yeah, so Tyler, do you remember what I said after he made this announcement that he wanted 2.5 million people to get the vaccine before he opened it up? What did you say, Brandon? Uh, I said it was completely stupid and unnecessary, just from a political perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I'm trying to look at this, is from a political perspective. But the reason that he's opening this up is because you have other states like Texas and Florida who have been wide open, straight up wide open with business. And nothing major has happened there. You know what I mean? Those I visited Florida several times during the pandemic. It's like the Wild West out there. People with no mask on. It's like, you know, it's like you feel like you're living on the edge. And they're not any worse off than California or any other state. So I think people are starting to realize, well, wait a minute. You know, all those spring breakers that were on the beach. You remember seeing the pictures of kids on the beach? And they're like, oh, no, the next big outbreak. Mm-hmm. Did it happen? No, it did not. So I think people are starting to get the the, uh, sense there. And then also New York City, uh, just a few days ago, before Governor Bashir announced, said that they're going to be wide open in June or July time frame. So if New York City, kind of the epicenter where... It was the epicenter for a while, ...can say, okay, we're going back 100% this summer. And then Kentucky, with probably one one thousandth of the population, you know, it feels that way, of the population is still restricted. It's kind of like, well, wait a minute, what are we doing here? So you've got liberal states doing it. You've got conservative states doing it. And here we are still stuck in the middle. I mean, it's still not open full capacity like the other states are. But this is the way it's going. He's, he's just super cautious 
for whatever reason. Yeah. But well, I mean, anytime I start to to criticize or question Governor Bashir, I just think back to the governor we had before him, and it just makes me give him a little more grace. What What do you think would have happened? Oh my God! Let's talk <laughs> about that because I, I don't think that's something we've actually. What What do you think would have happened? Tell me that we we would have been we would have been we would have been an epicenter. We would have been one of the highest percentage rates of COVID in the country. Based on what information? Um, based on the fact that when Bashir started locking things down, uh, Matt Bevan called him Chicken Little. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, what? But this what coming if, but, from a guy who intentionally exposed his children to viruses so that they would get immunity to them. I mean, I I, I don't even want to think but, about the kind of shape we would have but, been but, in. But think about that's the other side of that argument is you could look at places like Florida and Texas and say, well, they just opened it up and they seem to be doing fine. While lockdown places, yeah, like, they are. They are now. Yeah, but at one point, I mean, the numbers in Florida, the number in New York City, then I mean. Were, were ridiculous. I, I think Bashir saved probably thousands of Kentuckians' lives by locking things down the way he did. I think we'd have had a lot more deaths if he hadn't done that. Well, just, I mean, just you, my you, you, yeah, you would have a lot less deaths if you just stayed at home. Would be the other side of the argument. I mean, if if everybody stays at home, you're probably not going to get sick. But at what cost? So it's that whole cost benefit thing, right? I mean, we talk about that. It, obviously, as soon as you open the doors back up on May 28th, which he said. People are at more risk for getting sick, but that's a calculated risk, you know, whatever risk-benefit ratio that he's looking at. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I know that you wish for the days that Bevan was governor to lead us through this uh, oh. crisis. Oh, man. He, he would have done such a great job. I know. <laughs> you got his poster above your wall. I know that time. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Kentuckians that I don't like, Senator Mitch McConnell oh, said Monday that he doesn't think 1619 is one of the most important points in U.S. history. Now, now, if uh, if you are not a history major... Enlighten us. 1619 is the year that the first enslaved Africans were brought to the Virginia colony. So pretty... I mean, that's a pretty important point in history. It's often considered the beginnings of American slavery. Now, the senator was asked about this year in response to an initiative from the New York Times called the 1619 Project, which if you're not familiar with, I Google it, look it up, you can read about it, mm-hmm. which is basically they're attempting to emphasize the importance of the year and kind of reframe the view of U.S. history through this lens of slavery. Uh, McConnell said this was this was his quote that is getting all the attention. He said the most important dates in American history are dates like 1776, 1787, and 1861 to 1865. I simply disagree with the notion that the New York Times laid out there that the year 1619 was one of those years. End quote. McConnell and a group of Republicans. Uh, called for the Education Department to nix a proposed plan to offer grants to schools that included this 1619 project in the curriculum, arguing the project has been criticized by historians and puts ill-informed advocacy above historical accuracy. Brandon, what do you think of McConnell's quote about 1619? Well, I think there's two separate issues here. So you've got the 1619 project, which... Is a, I got to take this as a total separate thing. 1619, yeah, that's a pretty important point, <laughs> you know, in history because it shaped the way the country was run for the next 250, 300 years, right? Yep. Uh, so a lot of stuff was based off that. At the same time, um, that is a separate thing. So I disagree with them with that. That's that's one thing. 
But the topic of should 1619 be taught in schools is, is a separate topic altogether. Mm-hmm. And I just got think you got to be really careful when you're trying to reframe history and reteach history through a certain lens that may have an agenda attached to it. Now, if I said that I was an expert in this project, I'd be lying to you. What I'm saying is you got to be super careful with stuff like this uh, when you're trying to reframe the whole way that students learn history by changing you know what i mean it's just you got to be careful is all i'm saying yeah i i think we're gonna have a lot of agreement here actually sounds like if if we're just looking at the quote which this is what got the headlines and everybody was talking about it was a stupid answer by mitch mcconnell it was a stupid answer to say that 1619 was not an important date okay what why is 1861 an important date because of 1619. If there was no 1619, <laughs> there is no 1861. Yep. Like that's, that's what the Civil War was fought over, over slavery. So it was a stupid answer. He shouldn't have said it. But the, the other issue here, I do not like the idea of any private institution trying to persuade what is taught in our schools. I, I just don't like it. I don't like Mitch McConnell trying to decide what's taught in our school. Hell, I don't, I don't even like the Department of Education trying to tell us what we need to teach in our schools. Let the teachers teach. I mean, these teachers, people who teach history, have history degrees and have degrees in education. They know they know 1619 is important. They know 1861 is important. They're going to teach those things. So just let them do it without all this interference and trying to, you know, pour money into making them teach certain things and certain points of view. Good teachers are going to teach different points of view and teach about these things already. Just let the teachers teach. Tyler, who the hell do you think you are asking the <laughs> teachers to teach? That doesn't fit on a bubble sheet or a Scantron form, and it doesn't work on a standardized test. That is blasphemous, sir, and you need to get the <laughs> heck out of this country if you believe otherwise. And that was sarcasm at its finest. Yeah, right there. yeah. I, I would be totally fine. We could just get rid of the Department of Education. If I were president, that'd be I would just cut it. That's going to save millions of dollars right there. We don't even need a department. That's good. Somebody's already running an anti-Tyler Bentley ad right now based on what you just said. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, you know, that's okay. Tyler, an abandoned movie theater is getting some serious action. I don't know if you were uh, aware of this, but this, this was actually pretty exciting. So a long, vacant movie theater is going to be the scene for a new reality show, Relative Justice. And the producers are saying they're looking for quarreling families who are willing to litigate in front of a nationwide audience, this according to uh, the Lexington Herald, which is really interesting. So this is um, the theater behind the Woodhill Shopping Center yeah, in Lexington. Yeah, Woodhill. Okay. Yeah, so they're going to film 150 episodes of this courtroom drama, and they are looking for quarreling families, Tyler. First, what do you think of this news about a new reality show being filmed in Lexington? And two, do you know any good quarreling families? Mm. Sounds like a great opportunity. <laughs> Uh, well, for for the city of Lexington, I mean, this is this is great for the local economy. I mean, it, this is going to bring in a, a, a few hundred jobs. Um, you know, if if this show ends up being a big success, I mean, of course you're going to come want to come if you're in Lexington. You're going to come see the studio where Family Justice is was that was relative relative justice. justice is filmed. Yeah, I mean, it could be like a whole you know attraction for people to come. You know, get they give tours of the studio. I mean. It has the potential, I think, for a very good economic impact, actually. Um, I am very intrigued at the type of person who decides that they've had this ongoing family dispute for ever how long, or God knows for what the dispute is over, and they decide 
that the best way to resolve this argument is to go on a reality courtroom TV show. I, I'm always fascinated by those people, and I think the, the fact that it's going to be located in central Kentucky can pull from all areas of the state. I mean, I, I just think back to, to you know our hometown in eastern Kentucky, and I, 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 I saw some, some great arguments from people. Yeah. Na- neighbor against neighbor, family member against family member. I can only imagine the type of stories that are going to get pulled in on this show. I think it's going to be great television. Number one, if the producers want content, they need to be the people that are on the other end of the phone for Speak Your Peace, where people call in to gripe about family oh, friends. Oh, dude, they yes. should They should reroute that number to their cell phone <laughs> and just answer the phone and be like, so what's your problem? Sweet, you want to be on a show. So I think that's number one. This could also open up opportunity for other shows to be filmed here if it proves to be successful. And, you know, these kind of quarrels with families used to be litigated on Jerry Springer. So this will be a local way to do it, you know. It's going to be interesting. It is. You think there are going to be fights? Or you think this is going to be like a people's court kind of situation where it's more serious? Or is it like Judge Judy where you got the sassy judge that's... Shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. What do you I, think it's going to be? I don't know relative. I, I hope it's a sassy judge. I mean, because the, the judges are what make these shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not about the people usually. I mean, occasionally you get a good character in the courtroom, but it's all about the judge. So I think the show will make or break based upon... Judge Judy's the best one, though, right? Can uh, we confirm? Oh, 100%. Judge Wapner was the first one I got into with the people's court when I was yeah. growing up. Judge yeah, he was, he was the, the OG. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited to see what happens. All right, Brandon, Kroger is going to be testing drone delivery this week at its Centerville, Ohio location. Ooh. That is a suburb of Dayton, if you yes. didn't know. Now I know. In a press release, Kroger said customers can place an order with their smartphone and have it delivered directly to them within as little as 15 minutes. The drones will track a customer to their smartphone location. Amazing. Do you think people want drone delivery, and would you use it? Well, what I can't wait for, Tyler, there's a couple things. First of all, I'm the guy that like tries to carry 10 bags of groceries you know, when I'm heading into the house so I don't have to come back and get another load out oh, of yeah. the car. That's, that's I wonder every, if the drone's going to do that. the same thing. And then is the drone going to double bag everything? Because imagine you got a bunch of heavy jars, and you know those plastic bags suck. What's yeah. going to happen when they start flying over somebody, and it busts out and a jar of pickles falls on somebody's <laughs> head, and they sue, and now they don't do drone delivery anymore? These are the kind of things you know you got to think about. Um, and then what happens to people that, you know, try to throw stuff at the drone? Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> shoot it. Or yeah. try to shoot it. Yeah. I mean... That, that's... And then you've got people's eggs spraying all over the <laughs> Exactly. Yard. It's going to be interesting, and we don't really know until until they do it, because Amazon actually teased this a few years ago. They said they were going to start doing drone, drone delivery on a segment on 60 Minutes. Okay. Yeah, they, they came out with this drone that had propellers all over it and everything, showing it delivering to people's houses, and it never really came to fruition. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how Kroger has surpassed the drone capabilities of Amazon, which is vastly larger. True. So I don't know. I'm going to have to see. I'm going to place an order, though. I want to see what happens. Yeah. And if it's wherever your smartphone location is, what if you're just hanging out on the corner of the street just, just to test it? You know what I mean? And you just have something delivered there while you're just standing on the corner. I would test it out. Yeah, so so I have, I have some questions about this. Now, is is there anyone who is actually piloting these drones, or is this just all completely automated? Like, Is there somebody actually sitting at a desk somewhere who can see where the drone is going and has like video footage, or is it just all 
completely a computer? That's a good question. I mean, I would imagine it would have to be automated, right? But I know they have some of the drones that have live views too. So yeah, it's a good question, Tyler. Yeah, good. Okay, so that that leads into my to my biggest concern with this. So it, it says it tracks your smartphone location. Yeah. All right. So so let's say I am on the second floor of my house. Is it going to track my smartphone and drop the groceries on the roof? <laughs> That's a good question. Maybe open the window <laughs> and it flies through. Or I mean, so like, how does it? How does the drone find your front porch? Like, that, that's why. That's what's getting like to see if there's somebody who can actually see where the groceries are going. Oh, like, question. if it's just tracking your phone, it's just going to go where your phone is. It's just going to get to your roof and just like it can't get to the phone. It's that's just going to leave everything on top of your house. That could right? be very interesting. So maybe I guess it has to be piloted. But part of me thinks that that's not going to happen because, hell, they don't even want to man the full uh, aisles to check out. You know what I mean? To check yeah. They want you to do the self-scan. So are they going to put resources into this drone thing when I they won't even it. fill up their scan lines? Probably not. Yeah. Now, the, the I think the ideal situation for me, I mean, because I, I think most times I, I don't need groceries within 15 minutes. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to, sometimes I'll use the click list or I'll just go to the store. Sure. But I, I don't think I would use this except... In rare circumstances, like maybe when you're at the beach, when you're on vacation, yeah, and you're like, oh, crap, we forgot to pack water for the kids. And you don't want to sit there at the beach for three hours listening to your kids complain about how thirsty they are. So you just hit the little Kroger app, and you have a drone bring you some bottled water to the beach. Boom. Or maybe you're out camping or hiking or out somewhere where you're, you know. Out in the woods. You think these drones are going to fly out to the woods? Why not? I can't wait to see that. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. That's going to be awesome. I mean, that, 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 those will be the scenarios where I would envision myself using it. If, if they could do that, then I would be all for this. But otherwise, <laughs> so it's so it's a big no for you, huh? Yeah. Tyler, this is a really interesting story, and it brought back memories of uh, of Carrie, to be honest with you. You remember the uh, Oh, Steven? I know that's one of your movies that you're terrified of yeah so a florida florida high school student who is accused of working with her mother to rig a homecoming election is being charged as an adult tyler the uh the uh student was 17 when this happened she's since turned 18 but her and her mom essentially collected data and information about students through the student records database and entered in uh homecoming votes uh for students that they weren't aware of to rig the contest. And that's what they're being prosecuted over. Because when I first saw this, I thought, how can you prosecute somebody for rigging a homecoming election? <laughs> Florida, but, Florida takes their homecoming elections <laughs> very seriously. But but the charges, if you want to get technical, they include unauthorized use of computers, unlawful use of a two-way communication device, and criminal use of personally identifiable information. So like I said, they were getting into people's personal information and trying to use okay. that to help rig the election. And that's what it's all about. So Tyler, what are your thoughts on this? And do you think that the student and the mother should be prosecuted for this? Um, well, first of all, of course this was in Florida. I mean, wh where else would this story have come from? And I, I think there's more security around these homecoming ballots than there were the presidential ballots. <laughs> just, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. That was a joke. You're kicking me under the table, Tyler. What are you saying? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but what is wrong with this parent? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I, I, can, I can see a kid, a teenager doing this because kids do stupid things. Yes, they do. I mean, kids... Kids try to cheat. Kids do a lot of just dumb things yes, when you're in high do. school. But you are the parent. Right. And not only is she a parent, did you see what her job is? 
Um, you know what? I didn't see what her job was. She is an assistant principal at an oh, elementary good. school in this county. Good. <laughs> good. I mean, what what a great role model for those elementary kids. I'm just, what is wrong with people? Um, and then, of course, uh, the the girl went around bragging about it, which is, I think, part of what led to the discovery of this, that she went around bragging that, oh, yeah, me and my mom got in and, and cast all these fake ballots. Like, shut up. Like, <laughs> what, what are you, why are you going around bragging about it? This is just stupidity at its finest. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you're going <laughs> to, this sounds bad, like we're giving advice on how to break the law here, but just shut your mouth. You know, if you're trying to get away with something, you know, I would, yeah. never, I would never do that. But people get caught like this all the time. You hear about this with people that have killed somebody, right? They'll go to the bar. Yeah, I killed them all. I've got <laughs> bodies laying all over my apartment. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to call the yeah. cops real quick. And <laughs> you stay me. there. Uh, buy another round for that guy. I'm going to go down. You know, just people are dumb. And the fact that, uh, you know, being charged as an adult is interesting. Um, you know, she was 17 at the time that this happened, since turned 18. But... I don't know. I don't know. I think it, it's tough for you me. You think this seems the punishment it seems a little severe? I mean, they're they're looking, talking about like 16 years in jail well, for Well, it, it depends on the sentencing, and that's the thing. They're being charged with these crimes, first of all, so it's got to go through the process. I'll feel better about giving an answer on if it was right or not once I see if they're convicted and if they get sentenced. Yeah. I just don't know. There's not enough information. But the story itself is just really interesting. It is fascinating, yeah. and only in Florida. Only in Florida. And uh, speaking of Florida, Tyler, there's a little place called Disney World. Uh, well, actually, this is Disneyland. Disneyland. So you just completely botched that intro, sir. Well, you know, uh, I, I, I get a mole <laughs> like When I was saying it, I was like, was it Disneyland or Disney? You had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> Dang it, and I missed it. <laughs> what we got next time? All right, but uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Disney has another controversy on its hands. Oh, known for controversy. Disneyland's... <laughs> newly revamped Snow White ride is facing backlash over the fact that Snow White and Prince Charming's kiss while she's asleep. Uh, critics say that he is kissing Snow White without her consent and that this could not possibly be true love. Brandon, does Disney need to fix this Snow White ride? Yeah, they should have a really morbid ride where um, he doesn't give her the kiss and she just dies. <laughs> That's that's the new woke uh, uh, Snow White, the new Snow White ride, the woke ride, is where like you're going through the the little thing, the roller coaster, and you're having a good time. It's like oh she's laying there, and then the next one it has the heart scanner. <laughs> well, you know you, you say that, but the irony is I don't know if you saw this part of the story. Uh, they had just changed the ending of the ride because it used to be when you got to the end of the ride, the 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 evil queen fell off a cliff. And they thought that was too scary for little kids. So so they had literally just changed the end of the ride. And now they've got to be like, what <laughs> What can we do? We can't win. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, let me tell you what some people in this country would like to see, Tyler, as the end of the ride. Do you want to know what the end of the ride a lot of people would want? What is that? They want, they want the man to kiss her. And then at the end, they want him to come out on, in a press conference afterward and issue an apology and tell how he's going to go through re- rethought training about working with uh, women that are in comas. And he's going to donate money to a women's foundation. And he's going to host a 5K race to bring awareness to the fact that you shouldn't kiss women when they're dying. That's the new ride. What a crappy ride. <laughs> I mean, that's what people do. That's ridiculous. This is like an a epidemic all over the country. You know, we, we just can't be normal people. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. 
I, I can see both sides to this. Now, a few weeks you ago... You can? Few, you can see both sides to this. Yes. I can't wait to hear this, Tyler. Please. <laughs> well, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we talked about the, the Pepe Le Pew issue. And I, I actually... I, I see the issue with Pepe Le Pew much more than I do this one. Because, I mean, Pepe Le Pew was, con- you know, continuously trying to force himself upon the, the, the girl skunk. And, you know, she told him no, yet he still continued... Um, so I don't think Snow White is to that level of, of concern, you know, because she, you know, you don't have somebody trying to shove them off and they keep trying to force themselves on them. But, you know, a a few weeks ago, um, I actually read the story of Snow White to, to my girls at bedtime is, you know, we've, you know, we have like a thousand kids books and you never know which book they're going to pick. And I guess ironically, uh, a few weeks ago, they actually picked out Snow White to read. Uh, and so, you know, of course, we, we get to, to the end, to the last page uh, of the story where the prince comes in and kisses her. And, and I'll admit, I felt a little awkward reading that to my girls. Um, just because, you know, that, you know you, you have a guy kissing a girl when she's asleep. And, you know, you know, I can only imagine, like, if one of my girls comes home from school... You know, maybe they're on a field trip and they fell asleep on the bus, and some boy comes up and kisses her while she's asleep. Well, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be pretty pissed off about that. Yeah, you do realize this is make believe though, Tyler. She's yes. also living with seven dwarves, <laughs> right? I mean, there you got to suspend belief for a little bit. Plus, the other thing is, if he doesn't kiss her, she's dead. Yeah. Which 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 part? Which one of the stories would you rather read to your kids? I, and that's what I said. Like I see both sides. That that's the story. Like that's that's the story. Yeah. I mean, they're they're making the ride. That that's the Snow White story. Is that he that he you know kisses her and you know there's, I mean I I don't know what you do. I I don't know what the right answer is to this one. I honestly see both sides. I don't think it's as bad as some of the other concerns and controversies Disney has had. So honestly, I would probably be okay if they left this ride the same. But I do get it. And I did feel a little uneasy reading that to my kids. I don't get it at all. I think it's completely stupid. And if you try to whitewash everything, like Pirates of the Caribbean is all portrayed as drunk sailors, what do we do? We take away the the ride and make them drink Aquafina instead of rum. Ah, <laughs> uh, pass the Aquafina. Yo, ho, ho, and a, a bottle, bottle of, of Aquafina. Aquafina. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, at what point are we going to stop here? So now I'm going to start a campaign to get Pirates of the Caribbean to change because they are disparaging. And they're also showing uh, children that drinking alcohol is fun. <laughs> and that's a problem. And that it's all about riches and, and getting money. So I think we should start a petition, Tyler, and get that ride removed. I, I get it. Oh, my I God. I get it. Do you really? I, I am. I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I can see both sides of, of almost every issue. It's wow. it's one of my strengths, but also one of my flaws. Because I, right. I can never take a firm stance on things. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but, Tyler, I tell you what I can't defend. Okay. <laughs> this is great. I'm going to put the video up behind us as well. Um, Ohio State Senator Andrew Brenner jumped on a Zoom meeting, Tyler, um, in, in which the uh, board was talking about many issues, one of those being distracted drivers and how okay. to address that. Very important issue. Conveniently, uh, Ohio State Senator Brenner was driving on a video Zoom meeting while discussing distracted drivers. During the video call, he can be seen looking towards the camera and then back away, looking towards the camera and back away. He put a virtual background picture of his home office, yet the dead giveaway that he was driving was that while sitting in his home office, he had a seatbelt going across <laughs> his chest. Tyler... 
What are your thoughts on this? Dude, that image of him <laughs> with the seatbelt across his chest when he's supposed to be sitting in his house. That that image is, I mean, that's... A picture is worth a thousand words, honestly. Uh, that is the best. Yeah, look at this. I mean, <laughs> he's looking both ways. He's got a seatbelt going across, and he's got the background of his office. Oh, uh, that that that's the picture of the year. That's that's the early candidate for 2021 right there. Oh, but, geez. I mean, like, dude, this, this is his job. He is a freaking senator. And you're telling me that when you have this time scheduled for this very important committee meeting... He can't be either at his office or at his house for this Zoom meeting. Like I have Zoom meetings for work all the time, and I somehow always manage to actually be at my desk for those Zoom meetings. What did he have to do that was so important? What errand did he have to do that instead of discussing legislation at his desk where he can focus 100%, it's like, nope, I, I got to go get these groceries from Kroger or... I. I got to go get me some Chick-fil-A. Like, oh, what was he doing? Well, you know, it's really interesting because when asked about this, he said, well, I do this. This isn't the first time I've done this. <laughs> yes. He said, this isn't the first time, and I don't. And I, the video doesn't bother me. Yet, when you watch the video, he is clearly looking back and forth between the video and the road. So I don't buy it. He's looking directly into the camera. <laughs> I'm not watching the video. You, You're looking you right at the camera. You have to be distracted. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's almost unbelievable, and the fact that the the ironic part is that you know it was happening while they were discussing distracted drivers. It, it's like the perfect storm of things, <laughs> yes. and I absolutely love it. I thought I just thought it was really cool um, that that happened. I I don't know. That's probably early candidate. I thought that the lawyer that had the kitten face was going to win the worst Zoom call of the year, um, but this is probably he, he, yeah. This guy was like, hold my beer. <laughs> He probably well, and I, no, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to say yeah. anything. Would, uh, would this make you more or less likely to vote for that guy if you lived in Ohio? Um, I mean, how can you vote for the guy? He's a. I mean, that's idiotic. It's. Stupid. I agree. Yeah. I mean, if nothing, if for nothing else, if you were going to do it, don't wear a seatbelt. I mean, you got your seatbelt going across with a virtual background. He should not running in just out of stupidity. Yes, but agreed. Anyway. So Tyler, we covered a lot of news there, but probably the most important news we need to talk about. Um, before we get to it, I guess we need to talk about advertising, right? We've heard from uh, some folks about sponsoring the show, and we have hundreds of thousands of views on our videos on Facebook. So if you want to have your name mentioned in those Facebook videos or on the screen at the bottom, you can probably see a little banner at the bottom. We can put you there. We can shout you out. Let us know. We are up for uh, suggestions or open for options uh, on advertising. Yeah, you can uh, just reach out to Brandon. His email address is on our website, lexbuds.com. Brandon at lexbuds.com. Conveniently enough, yes. Yeah. And, and we can we can make any any kind of advertising you want. We can make it happen, whether you want it on our website, whether you want it on our show, on the video, whether you want us to talk about it or have your company's logo. We, we can do anything. We can make any of that happen. Mm -hmm. So whatever type of advertising you're interested in give us a shout and we'll see what we can make happen yeah we're like journey any way you want it that's the way you need it any exactly. way you want it just think about that with our advertising that's <laughs> that's how we do things tyler um but yeah just contact us brandon at lexbuds.com but tyler one really big piece of news that we have to get to and this is your university of kentucky players during the calipari era you've put together a 64 team bracket which is up on our website lexbuds.com so you can check that out you can actually print off uh the bracket which is really cool but um, I think we go through one of the brackets today. Okay. And see where we get. Okay. We're, we're going to try to go through the first 
first rounds, right? Um, I don't know if we'll be able to get through all of the first round because it could get kind of lengthy. Yeah, true. But let's at least do half of it. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. So we we are going to vote on which player we think should advance. And again, you can go to LexBuzz.com. You, you can print out a PDF of this bracket, and you can follow along with us as, as you're listening. And we're this is just like an NCAA tournament. We've ranked each player as a 1 through 16 seed in four different regions. And so we're going to go through each matchup of players during the Calipari era and decide who we think should advance. Now, Brandon, there's a lot of ways you can approach this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You could approach it as... Who do we think would win one-on-one? If John Wall were playing Quad A Green one-on-one, who would win? Yeah. You could approach it as, okay, who just had the best numbers? Who had the best stats? Or, you know, who was the best team player? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of ways, and we're, we, we are just going about this in whatever way we want to. We're not following the set of procedures in any way. Yep. We, we're just going about your opinion versus my opinion who we think was the better player using whatever metric we want to. Because it's our show. <laughs> we get a measure however we want. That's right. Um, but I think what we do, Tyler, we've got four different brackets. We've got the John Wall bracket, the DeBarcus Cousins region, the Anthony Davis region, and the Tyler Eulis region. Yes. Those are our four number one seeds. Wall, Davis, Cousins, and Eulis. All right. So we're going to go. Do you want to start with the John Wall region first? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, I think some of these just... Looking at the bracket, I think some of these we can go through pretty quickly. You, it, you may have different opinions. It'll get more interesting as we progress in the tournament. But I, first of all, we've got John Wall, the number one seed, yes, versus the number 16 play-in game of Ramon Harris versus Quade Green. I think there'll be a lot more drama in the Ramon Harris-Quade Green matchup. No doubt. So first of all, who do you think gets in to play John Wall in that first round? Uh, I will go with Razor Ramon because of his toughness and his physicality. I think Quade Green's too little, gets pushed around. Yeah, I got to go with you on that one. Anybody with the nickname Razor automatically gets one victory for me in this bracket. So let's assume John Wall versus Razor Ramon Harris. They played on the same team, Tyler. They did. They were teammates. It seems like a long time ago. <laughs> it does. I kind of forgot he was on that team. <laughs> yeah, he was on that team. Tyler, who, who are you going with and why? I think this is John Wall, no doubt. I don't even think we need to discuss it. Yeah, let's move on. So John Wall absolutely demolishes Ramon Harris, although Ramon Harris is very physical during the game. Tries yep. to push him around. Wall's too good, too fast. Next, Tyler, we have the number eight seed, Archie Goodwin, versus the number nine seed, Devin Booker. And keep in mind, we're only looking at what they did while they're at Kentucky. Yes. That's the other thing. We don't care about NBA stuff. We're talking Kentucky only. Yeah, that's true. Because if, if you looked at their entire careers, obviously Devin Booker's winning this one. He is a superstar in the NBA. This is a tough one. Um, Archie obviously had the better stats because he was the leading scorer on a team that wasn't very good. He was pretty much the only guy who could score at times. Whereas Booker played on a much deeper team, so he didn't get as many minutes. He didn't score as mm-hmm. much. So this, this one is very tough because it kind of comes down to what what do you value more? Somebody who can, you know, have a higher points per game average or you can get kind of more bang for your buck when they do get in the game. I've got to go with Devin Booker just because if he had had the same opportunity as Archie Goodwin, if he had played the same number of minutes that Archie Goodwin played, I think his numbers far exceed what Archie Goodwin put up. I'm going for Devin Booker just because I never want to see Archie Goodwin put his head down and drive the ball again. <laughs> I think in a game of one-on-one, Archie Goodwin may actually win, okay? Because he puts his head down, he just barrels over you, right? Um, but in just totality of you know his 
time at UK, I got to go with Devin Booker. He couldn't miss a shot for like three months of the season. Unfortunately, it wasn't April, but yes. uh, <laughs> you know, it was. Uh, he he played well, so I got to go yeah. with Booker on that one. I think if it was one on one, I think it would be a good game. And if we're just, again, we're just looking at college, and in college, Booker was a horrible defender. So you got to think Archie could have scored pretty easily on Booker, but also, I mean, no way Archie's going to stop Booker on D yeah. either. So Yeah, so next, Tyler, we've got the 5-12 matchup, which is always prone to upset in the NCAA tournament. In this True. case, we've got the 12 seed, Dakari Johnson, against the 5 seed, P.J. Washington. Uh, this is an easy one. P.J. all day, he was a SEC Player of the Year candidate, superstar for that team. P- I got P.J. easily. Yeah, I think if Dakari comes back for another year, he could be moved up in the... UK lore, but he didn't. He yep. he kind of left right before we got to see the best of him. So I'm going to go PJ Washington as well. Completely transformed from freshman to sophomore year and totally dominated game. So PJ easily for me. Yeah, Dakari moved more guys than two men in a truck, and he was only one guy with no truck, but still got PJ. You got jokes tonight, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> you got jokes. I don't know which one's better, that one or the CJ Frederick joke. You did I'm already. standing by my CJ Frederick joke. Well, you'll be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler, this one's uh, kind of interesting. Uh, another matchup here. Number 13 seed, Hamadou Diallo versus Patrick Patterson, the number four seed. Okay. I'm, in, in my opinion, this one is, can we just move on to the next one? Because I, it's I, Patrick Patterson. Yeah, P-Pat all the way. Okay. I mean, Diallo hit the side of the backboard when he shot three-pointers. I mean, he, <laughs> he was, was almost a nun and done. <laughs> you was. remember that? Yeah. He so I, that kind of aggravated. To be honest with you, I know people say let players do what they want. Yeah, it's fine, but I really didn't like that. I agree 100%, which sets up a good second-round matchup, Patrick Patterson versus P.J. Washington. Oh, my goodness. That, that is going to be a battle. A, I'm that is a battle. Think on that one. Um, Tyler, next matchup, number 14 seed, B.J. Boston. <laughs> Versus number three seed Julius Randle. <laughs> Moving on to the what, next matchup. What a massacre that is! <laughs> so you're going BJ Boston? Oh yeah, BJ Boston. He would he would just push around Randle, no doubt. Yeah, I think he had a better wingspan. No, I, I think <laughs> that's Bo- what Calipari goes by, right? Wingspan. Boston will have at least three bro- broken bones before this game is over. Julius Randle all day. Yeah, Julius Randle was so good. He could just basically dominate any game so the winner julius randall will play the winner of this next matchup tyler the number six seed aaron harrison versus number 11 seed reed travis all right i i'm complete i want to hear I, i'm gonna let you go first on this one because i i have very conflicting thoughts on this one look aaron harrison played on one of the greatest teams we ever had and he was one of the starting guards he hit some of the biggest shots in the history of uk basketball that i could rewatch a hundred times and not get tired of it this is the point where he always hits it <laughs> Oh my God! I mean, you got to give the guy, in my opinion, the victory on this. I think Reed Travis probably, as a whole, uh, delivered more for the team, but he was on a team with very limited talent. This goes back to the argument you used for Devin Booker earlier. If Devin Booker was able to play on a team where he was the core player, yeah, he'd probably have better stats and do better. Same with Aaron Harrison; he had to play with nine other people while they were platooning. I got to go Aaron Harrison just for the shots that he hit in the Final Four and the, and the NCAA tournament alone. It's too big. I, that, that's that's where the conflict is for me. Is that I mean this is Mr. Clutch. He hit. I mean Aaron Harrison made me. He brought more moments of happiness and joy to me than it, probably any other player in the history of Kentucky basketball. I mean I was at the game where he hit the shot against Michigan to get us to the Final Four, and yeah. it was it was one of the most memorable moments of my life. Reed Travis, though, I love. I love. He just he fought so hard. I mean, he's one of those guys that you knew every game 
you were getting 100% effort from Reed. You, you were getting the maximum that he had to give. Right. I mean, I will never forget. It was uh, when we were playing Wofford in the second round of the NCAA tournament, and there was a loose ball. I don't know if you remember this. But Reed Travis, like, dove on the floor after the ball, but he didn't dive quite far enough to grab it. And so he starts doing this army crawl. <laughs> do, you re- do you remember that? Ty, that's, a, that's, that's a, a classic moment. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I love that kid. Just the effort he gave in every game. Um, and, and if you just look at numbers, I mean, Reed Travis averaged more points per game than Aaron Harrison did. You, you take away those big moments from Aaron Harrison. I mean, he, he was an average three-point three shooter. You look at Lamb, Monk, Murray, you know, all these great shooting guards we have. Harrison wasn't statistically a great three point shooter. You know, he obviously had those big moments, but uh, now wait, Tyler. You just look <laughs> what, at the what, course what? of a season and a career. Wait just a second. I've got a serious problem with what you just said. <laughs> he said take away the biggest moments in UK history. Okay. I, I just take those away for a second. Let's look at his three point percentage. Did you just say that out loud? Take away the greatest moments we've had in our lifetime with UK. I know he was associated with three of the best <laughs> games we've ever had. Put those to the side. Hey, put those to the side. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at statistically, he wasn't a great three-point shooter. At the end of a game, do you want Reed Travis army crawling across the court? <laughs> or do you want Aaron Harrison shooting the three-pointer? That's my question. Well, yeah, at the end of the game. But for, for the first 39 minutes and 30 seconds... I'm t- I want Reed Travis. So I'm actually I'm going to go Reed Travis with think, the with the upset. Tyler, I think you've lost your mind. I think you've <laughs> lost your because now we're going to put this up to vote, and this is an absolutely preposterous statement that you've just made. You, you think it's preposterous? You don't even think it's in the realm of possibility that Ty, Reed Travis? Ty, I think your statement of put put the greatest moments we've ever had in our life to the side. He's in this because the reason he's seated that way is because he gave us those moments. The greatest moments we've had. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I, I think, you know... Oh, boy. I'm looking at over the course of a career. All right, well, it's who gonna was go, the better player? It's going to go up for debate. It's going to go up for All right, debate. so we will put this one up for vote. Aaron Harrison versus Reed Travis. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter. Tyler, make sure when you post this that people know who you voted for. Because <laughs> I, I, I want people to know where this came from. Okay. This is important for me to know. All right. You you don't want any part I don't, of I don't want to be associated with somebody thinking that I thought Reed Travis was better. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Moving right along, Tyler. Uh, number 10 seed, Davion Mitz versus number 7 seed, Tyrese Maxey. Ooh. Yeah, this is a, an interesting one. What, what do you think, Tyler? Uh, this, this is another tough one. I think these these guys, as far as their one season at UK, were, were pretty similar. Both put up a lot of points. Both were good, not great three-point shooters. Um, but I got to go with Tyrese Maxey on this one. Um, Davion Mintz was really good, but I think it was more the fact that he just was good because nobody else could do anything. Like, if if you switch roles and you put Davion Mintz with Emmanuel Quickly and Ashton Hagens and, you know, and Nick Richards, I think Mintz gets overshadowed by those guys. Whereas Maxie was one of the stars of that team, I got Tyrese Maxie. Yeah, I got to go with Tyrese Maxie too because he succeeded and had the numbers he did and had the plays that he did on a team where he was playing against two other guys that were the top vote, you know, the top vote getters for SEC Player of the Year, and Quickly and Richard. Yep. You know what I mean? And he still produced. 
So I think you got to go with that. And frankly, it's going to be hard for me to vote for anybody in this bracket that was on this past year's team because it was such a train wreck. <laughs> Let's just be frank. We just eliminated the highest producing player that the team had. We did. Just now. And he, didn't, and he was a 10 seed. Didn't even make it past the first round. But Tyrese Maxey is going to play the winner of our final matchup, Tyler. I think for time's sake, we should probably end it on this one. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, this is the number 15 seed, Perry Stevenson. His shot blocking magic. Coming in against number two seed Michael Kidd Gilchrist. You mean shot blocking uh, free throws? Magic. Oh, oh, remember when Billy G had him block the the free throw oh, shot gosh, in the SEC tournament? I do tournament? remember that, Tyler. Why did you have to bring that up? Why? Uh, that that's my which, biggest. Which one of those was worse? Was it was that worse, or was Tubby telling Sheree to get off the free throw line while the guy oh, had the ball? In his... Which one was worse? Gosh. Because at least the the block shot had a chance of working if you have the referees that <laughs> don't know it? what they're doing. Well, I mean, if the referees are like, can he do that? I don't know, Billy. What do you think? I don't know, Rick. Let's, I guess we just let him It's a hell of a gamble. <laughs> it's a gamble. Whereas you know if the other one is just going to not give you anything. Yeah. I, I, and then you also have the, the memory of Perry Stevenson's dunk in the NIT oh, against yeah. UNLV. That That's was a true. big one. Who had a better jump shot, Perry Stevenson or Michael Kidd Gilchrist? Ooh. <laughs> Those were two ugly jump shots. <laughs> Who would you want taking that jump shot at the end of the game? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I, I did see Perry Stevenson at Walmart a few weeks ago, though. Yeah, he's a, yeah I've seen him around. He's, I, I guess he still lives in Lexington. Seems like a super nice guy. Yeah, he he was substitute teaching for a while. Oh, back back in my teaching days, I remember, you know. Uh, so you're giving Perry Stevenson the win over Michael Kidd Gilchrist because of his substitute teaching? And, and his uh, ability to, uh, actually his target, not Walmart, I saw that. Okay. And, and my ability, no, I got MKG here. Sorry, Perry. <laughs> I think Perry Stevenson would vote for MKG in this case. I mean, people forget about MKG a little bit because he kind of fizzled out in the NBA, never developed a jump shot, and has just not lived up to the number two overall pick hype. But when you were here, when he was here, and he was on a fast break, you knew the ball was going in. He would score on a fast you break. Weren't, you weren't stopping him. Yeah, whereas right now you're just praying that somebody's completely wide open and, and doesn't miss the layup. When MKG went down the court, if it was one on two, he was going to score. Yep. So I and his leadership that block he had in the Kansas title game. Oh, I, I was going to save that for later rounds, but yeah, that's I mean, hell of I a mean, play. Yeah, heck of a play. So, uh, very interesting, Ty. We went through our first sixteen. So just to to recap, in the second round, when we get to it, John Wall will be going up against Devin Booker, P.J. Washington versus Patrick Patterson, Julius Randle versus the tiebreaker of Aaron Harrison and Reed Travis. And then we'll have Tyrese Maxey versus Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, which could prove to be very interesting as well. Some good matchups there. The matchups are about to get heated. It's getting ready to get crunk up in here. <laughs> I don't know if people... Don't ever say that again, Do people please. say crunk? I, I, I don't... Maybe in 1993 they did. Oh, come on, ride the train and ride it. People, <laughs> Do people still listen to that song? Uh, sure, I'm sure some people do. Oh, jeez. Okay, boomer. <laughs> All right, and we just lost any demographic under the age of 30. We, we lost our energy drink advertisers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to get the catheter people or, you know, the disposable catheters and all those commercials you see on CNN. <laughs> yeah. I'm Wilford Brimley with uh, something uh, or whatever. But yeah. The Werther's Originals calling us right now, though. <laughs> I think they're calling you right now. I see your phone ringing. Oh, jeez, Werther's Original. Those are good, though. Yeah, I like there's, it. There's something. But this has been good time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. Uh, we got off to a very interesting start uh, in the first five minutes um, with our geekness, geekdom, or however you say it. Was it geekness, geekdom? Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. But we learned something about each other. And let us know what your inner geek says, too. We're curious to hear what our listeners have to say about what makes you so geeky. 
It's okay. You can share. We shared ours. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we covered a lot of uh, local news, national news, bad drivers, parents and moms on a, on a crime spree during uh, homecoming season. <laughs> I mean, it's been a wild show, Tyler, and hopefully we'll have even more fun stuff. We'll have a follow-up on the Kentucky Derby controversy, hopefully, this next week as well once we get more results from that. But it's been fun, and I think we're probably going to do it again next week. Yeah, and and make sure between now and the last week that you uh, download Love Gun off iTunes so that <laughs> you can hear all of the wonderful life lessons that you can learn from Paul Stanley in that song. No place for hiding, no place to run. I mean, <laughs> you pulled the trigger. Of, uh, uh, there's a great scene in... Uh, role models where the guy's teaching him about kiss and he's listening to love gun and he's trying to explain yeah. to the little kid what what love gun is it's yeah. great uh, some great life lessons yeah there, if you, like if you, you don't do anything else type in role models love gun it's a great <laughs> scene and you'll love it and but, then and then listen to the whole love gun song absolutely but uh, it's been fun and uh we will see you on the next episode stay, stay classy, classy kentucky, kentucky.